1: to. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit HelloAlma.com Therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's HelloAlma.com slash Therapy30. Hour
0: number two, BetQL Daily with Sean Bell. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. And now let's welcome in our Odyssey NFL Insider Jason Lockenfora, host of the Odyssey Original Podcast in the Huddle with Brian Baldinger and Carl Dukes, covering the entire NFL including the Baltimore Ravens who put it on last night, the San Francisco 49ers. Jason, is it Baltimore and then everybody else right now at least in the AFC?
2: Well, I think it has to be, right? Um Every time they've been asked to sort of um, meet someone at the top of the mountain or close to the top of the mountain, right? Uh, Whether that was Detroit coming to see them in Baltimore a few months back when, you know, a lot of people thought Detroit was ascending to be one of the best teams in the league, or whether it was last night out in Santa Clara, or really, you know, pretty much any time in between when they've lost games this year it's been kind of their own doing and they haven't lost many of them. And usually uh, they've had sort of their own meltdowns, their own mistakes have been their, their, their only kind of flaw, their only blemishes, uh, the way they gave one away to Pittsburgh, the way they gave one away to the Colts, like it, you know, even the Browns, they had a big lead, looked like they had the Browns dead. Um, So they're, they're, this is a special group. Uh, they love to be challenged. They love for you to think that somebody's better than them, that they are uh, the lesser team in, in any of these head-to-head matchups, and, and they've shown an ability to step up and say, "You, what were you thinking, you fool? Um, Lamar Jackson's the best football player in the league. Lamar Jackson's going to win, should certainly win his second MVP trophy. Uh, he's done it without the supporting cast that a lot of these other guys have, um, from the offensive line to their injuries at tight end, their injuries at running back. Um, you know, Odell's had a couple of good games. Absolutely. He hasn't been a factor week in, week out. Zay Flowers has had ups and downs, as most rookie receivers do. Like, it it, it hasn't been this collective. It's been Lamar. Lamar with his legs, Lamar with his mind, Lamar with his arm. And he's got them at the mountaintop. And they've slayed every, every real dragon they have to slay. So, yeah, they're fortified for the playoffs. Um, they're obviously, like most teams, even better at home. And if they can dispatch of Miami the next sort of statement game for them, if they win that game, then week 18 against Pittsburgh, they can take a two-week bye if they want to. And we can talk about the merits of that. And I'm not sure that's what John Harbaugh really would want to. I don't think he'd really want to take that much time off. For his key guys, but regardless, um, they haven't hosted a playoff game here in Baltimore, a championship game, uh, since 1977. Baltimore Colts, hmm. Oakland Raiders. I was three years old. Uh, so, yeah, a, a home ch- AFC championship game around here would be a once-in-a-generation thing.
3: Well, let me uh, ask you this. I mean, I, get, I think the biggest question for at least people outside of Baltimore is, we sort of seen something like this before with Baltimore of being an of yeah. having an MVP and having a one seed or having a home game, and then losing in that first round of the playoffs. What what looks different from this team from those teams where they felt like you did they disappointed in the playoffs?
2: Well, I think this is certainly a a, a better defense all around. Um, that nineteen team, it's kind of like reminds me of some of these cowboy teams where the script was so some. Like they were up at the half by like seventeen points, twenty points. You know, you didn't you didn't have to play four quarters of defense. Like they were coming in, they were they were running the ball with all this multiplicity. They're doing this hybrid option, you know, offense that is like you know out of you know the Naval Academy from nineteen sixty seven. And people are just on their heels and they don't they hadn't seen it before. And so I feel like the defense was kind of along for the ride, right? If the defense could make, you know, get a a pick here or there, a couple of sacks. That's all they needed because the offense was so efficient and they were holding on to the ball like 35, 36 minutes a game. The defense was never on the field. This is different. And and a lot of weeks the defense is the star. And they're getting individual performances and collective performances. And that was also a blitz-heavy defense with Wink Martindale, like a a little bit gimmicky, like – you know, live by the sword, die by the sword, and you could blitz, you know, more than anybody in the league when you're playing with the lead and holding the ball more than anybody in the league. That's not them now, and that's not Mike McDonald. They're not a blitz heavy team by any stretch. They they zone it up and they confuse you with their zone looks. They confuse you with their real pressures and their simulated pressures. Um you saw Brock Purdy last night get unmasked. Like he he hadn't seen a defense like this before and he wasn't up for it. So I, I think they're 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 more balanced. Um, now they can't run it like they did then. There's no doubt about it. You know, they, they don't, you know, especially losing to Keaton Mitchell and losing to J.K. Dobbins. Uh, but I also think they're steeled and hardened by that experience. There's still a lot of guys in that locker room who were a part of that 2019 thing. I think that team was a little young and a little naive, and they kind of thought they were on this magic carpet ride and it was just going to absolutely continue and then Tennessee got it. I, I think this is a little different and Lamar is a little different. He's a little hardened, right? He's going to war with the team to get his contract. Like, I think they've grown up in some key spots. So uh, I think they'd be a tough out at home. I mean, I don't think I'm going out and limb there saying Baltimore at home in the playoffs would
0: be a tough out. That Omar, yeah, that, 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 get that going on the speakers, absolutely. That plays people oh, yeah. nuts. We got Jason Lockenfour, our NFL insider here, joining us here on the BetQL Network. So who's the biggest threat to Baltimore then in the AFC? Dare I say Buffalo?
2: There you say Cleveland? Dare you say James no.
0: Look, Look,
2: look, what, what, the San Francisco 49ers had 231 yards in the first half of that game. At halftime, the San Francisco 49ers were averaging 8.8 8 yards per play. Where were they doing it? Kittle in the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, I thought Purdue going to come out in the second half, throw for 200 yards, and like it's like, well, they're not going to keep picking them off, are they? Well, they were. But, like, the way Joe – where Joe Flacco throws the ball, the way Joe Flacco attacks seam routes with the tight end and Joku, you can go back to the Cleveland-Baltimore game here that Cleveland won five, six weeks ago, and that was pre-Flacco. You know, that was Watson's last stand. They didn't have a lot of answers for Joku, downfield and with Yak. He was running over people. That's a tough matchup for them. Like, Kyle Hamilton on David and Joku. David and Joku's felt like Miles Garrett. I mean, so – and – Amari Cooper bombs away. You know, Amari Cooper and Brandon Stevens off. like that. Brandon Stevens having a great season, but like that would be a tough matchup for four quarters, knowing Flacco, they're going to throw the ball 45 times. Like they're going to throw the ball downfield from the first snap to the last. Like you better be ready. Like you, you better be able to hold up. And I think Cleveland, and then Cleveland's defense not as good on the road as at home, but like, Miles Garrett and those guys like, with the Ravens kind of having this alternating right tackle, left tackle thing. Because Buffalo's pass rush is not what Cleveland's is. You know, Zadarius Smith and Joe Flacco, two former Ravens. Like, I, I people around here were kind of rooting for it. Like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be neat? And I've been saying, be careful what you ask for. Because I think Cleveland is the team. Um, I don't even think they'd try to run it. I think they just say, we're going to throw the ball 55 times today and see what the hell happens. We're going to see if they can keep pace against our defense. Like, I think it'd be a hell of a game.
3: Wow that that was I wasn't I expecting that response. But Cleveland, it's almost like I feel like Joe Flacco at some point is going to uh, turn into the old guy that he is. Right? He's like he's playing at a high level, but you're like
0: they're fifty to one right now to win the Super Bowl. You're an old guy.
3: Like, are you going? Yeah, you were sitting on the couch almost near retirement, and he's going to play to that level. Let me go back to uh, the 49ers. What are the 49ers at this point to you now? Like, Are you still a believer, or or are you totally off their bandwagon of potentially going to the Super Bowl and meeting the Baltimore Ravens?
2: What are the results of Trent Williams' MRI? Because they go as he goes. He's the MVP. He's their team MVP. It's not even close. And if you didn't believe me and I've been spewing this gospel all season long – you didn't believe me before just go look at their backup tackles go go look at what Kyle Van Noyage and Davion Clowney and Brent Urban looked like as soon as Trent Williams got off the field you know go look at their run game traditionally uh running to the left side with Trent Williams running to the left side without Trent Williams it's it's two completely different things go watch Kyle Shanahan call a game with Trent Williams go watch him call a game without Trent Williams it's two different things um so you got Purdy beat up. You've got Trent Williams getting an MRI on his groin. Um, that's massive. They go as Trent Williams go. Like, uh, if, if he's not right in the playoffs, if he doesn't play in the playoffs, Brock Purdy's going to be looking over his shoulder. Brock Purdy is going to be seeing ghosts. Um, Brock Purdy's going to be the King of the check down. And that gets pretty predictable pretty quickly. Um, that Rams game week 18 will be interesting. Like if both those teams have something to play for, like, I know Shanahan usually gets McVay, but I think the Rams are a bad matchup for the 49ers right now. Like, I think they're a real bad matchup for the 49ers right now. Dude, the way
0: that the way that you're on the Cleveland Browns, I'm on the Rams, who right now are 66 to 1. To win the Super Bowl, Jason Lock four our insider talking some football here on the BetQL Network. I think the Rams are going to be a problem for as long as yes. they get in. They're that team that nobody wants to play. That that offense is legit. Oh, look, Matt Stafford's
2: a top three quarterback in the NFL right now. Period. The throws he's making from different orange arm angles, the, the different sort of launch spots where he catapults the ball. um, uh, the 49ers get all this credit for positionless players, and, and they have them, right? The fullback, Juszczyk, is a fullback. He's also an uh, H-back. He's also a blocking tight end. He also will be lined up in the slot. Like, Debo plays three different positions. C, you know, so does obviously, McCaffrey. McVay does the same thing, but he does it with – it's not hybrid, like, running back wide receivers. It's hybrid wide receiver tight ends. And on any given play, you don't know if Nakua is is the joker tight end or the real tight end. You don't know if Coop's gonna you know run tight end routes or if he's running a receiver route. Like you don't know who the decoy is. They also involve Cup and Nakua in the run game a fair amount on sweeps and pitch plays that help give them a little bit of yin to the yang of Kyron Williams. The main thing the offensive line right now is playing their backsides off. They're possessing the ball. Um, They're they're coming out and running down people's throats early that that then makes that amplifies that play action pass even more. No, they're they're dangerous right now. McVay's been there, done that, seen it all, done it all, right? Like Stafford, just like Flacco, been a Super Bowl MVP. Nothing's gonna phase him. Hey, at the bye week, a lot of people thought Stafford was cooked. Me included. Like a lot of people thought, dude, all you do is pressure him and and it's over. Like they can't do anything offensively. He got healthy at the bye. They they got their offensive line back at the bye. They got Kyron Williams back. They got Cooper Cup back. No, they're 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 going to be tough out, and they're built to play on the road. I saw them with my own eyes in Baltimore. Here, a 10 a.m. start. The Ravens coming off a bye had played once in 23 days, totally healthy, totally refreshed. It was rainy. It was it it felt like you know late fall in Baltimore, and. They went out there and scored on the first drive and should have won the game in regulation, honestly, and hung 30 on Baltimore in Baltimore. Like, better look out for the Rams. Like, the Rams going to the Giants this week. They're not going to care about the weather or whatever. They'll run Kyron Williams 30 times if they have to. Like, that thing opened at six and I jumped on it. I also think it's going way over. Because with Tyrod Taylor now, the Giants can push the ball downfield. Like, unless the weather becomes – like, unless there's a windstorm brewing in New York this weekend, like – the Rams are going to score twenty-seven or thirty, you know, twenty-seven points plus, and the Giants are going to score fourteen plus. Like that's an over game. The Rams' games are going over big time.
3: Is is there another team out there that we haven't talked about? I know we and we already touched on sleepers, the Cleveland Browns and and the Rams. That you think okay, they can cause some noise in the playoffs. Maybe not get to the Super Bowl and win it, but knock off one of the big dogs.
2: Buffalo, Buffalo, is still, I mean, I know that wasn't a command performance against the Chargers, but they were probably due, <coughs> excuse me, for for something less than peak. Um, when, when they run the ball, when they're committed to running the ball, it helps the defense out so much. Um, it makes them more difficult to defend. And I think Josh Allen understands that running that offense through James Cook is, is what they have to do. Even with both tight ends back now, and I think they're still figuring out their 12 personnel stuff, you know, putting the ball in Cook's hands out in space on the perimeter, high percentage passes, pitch plays, you know, outside runs. And then they've got some hammerheads now, right? They got Latavius Murray. Now they got Leonard Fournette as well. Uh, They've got the the, uh, Montgomery kid, the speed back. Like they've got, and the quarterback runs. Like they've got real multiplicity in the run game, you know, four different body types five different guys like that's tricky and they're built for buffalo like i don't know whether they get a home playoff game or not um but you know if baltimore beats miami then you know buffalo keeps winning buffalo against miami week 18 becomes a huge game like this team's actually built for western new york in ways that these other um bills teams I i frankly don't think were so
0: you know i'd say look out for the bills man that is what an NFL insider sounds like. Jason Lock and Flora. Make sure to follow In the Huddle on our Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Great stuff, as always. Coming up next, me and Sean play a game of Bet It or Forget It right here on the BetQL Network. is betql daily presented by bet
3: mgm from betql
0: welcome back we appreciate our chat with nfl insider jason Lockenfora. i'm the sports machine sean the with my guy sean bell here on betql daily you like games i hope you like games i'm a big battleship guy i like playing sorry i like mousetrap but this isn't a board game this is a radio game it's called bet it or forget it. Here we go. Christian McCaffrey to be the league MVP, a running back. Hasn't happened since Adrian Peterson way back in the day. Four to one odds, bet it or forget it.
3: Bet it. And I'm partially saying bet it because I bet it earlier in the season when it was 18 to 1. And I knew it was a I knew it was a super, super long shot, but I said, huh, why not? Right? And they're not gonna give it to Brock Purdy. And now you see why they're not gonna give it to Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey's going to be the lead for that team. Now, I get it. The only way you win this bet is Lamar Jackson falls off. He has a couple bad games, but they play the Miami Dolphins, and then they play the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you were living in a world where Christian McCaffrey wins the next two games, gets 150 yards, total yards plus, and Lamar Jackson loses one of those games, then you might have a chance. Now, again, it's still probably going to be Lamar Jackson, but if you are going to bet anybody else to be the MVP, it's going to be Christian McCaffrey, and Christian McCaffrey still has a small, let's say, twenty percent chance to do it. What a
0: weird scenario! Where heading into last night, he wasn't even the MVP favorite on his own team. The MVP favorite in the league was Brock Purdy, and he was a heavy favorite. He was minus two hundred heading into last night at Bet MGM. Now. He's got no chance. He's like 10-1, to 12-1, talking about Purdy. McCaffrey was actually really good. He did his thing. He moves up in the odds. And then we just had on Jason LaConfora, who said that Trent Williams was the MVP of that team. So, weird scenario. I do think that McCaffrey has a chance, but his only chance is if Lamar is terrible in the next couple of games. If he loses, if he throws a bunch of interceptions, if he costs his team a game, I think that Lamar pretty much has this thing in the bag because I remember saying last night, heading into that game, if one guy really outshines the other, he's going to take home that award. And, Sean, you tell me. And this isn't an anti-Purdy thing. This is a pro-Lamar thing. I think he did enough last night where
3: he took that award. Yeah, I think so. But the only other thing I would say, again, Brock is done, is I believe the last three or four weeks, the leader the leader going into the week Severely got knocked off, right? It was Jalen Hurts. It was Dak, it was Dak Prescott, it was Brock Purdy, and now it's Lamar uh Lamar Jackson. So three weeks in a row, so the leader of the MVP race has lost, lost badly, and the guy behind him overtook him. So it's still a chance.
0: And the week before that, you didn't go that deep. It was Patrick Mahomes, and that hasn't gone great either. So I'm not saying no. – I'm just saying. Sean Bell's force <laughs> machine, Sean Levine, playing a game of bet it or forget it. Comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco, 4-1. to one.
3: No, I mean, all DeMar Hamlin had to do was play a snap. That's about all he did. Man, that's and all right he had now, to he do was play a snap. He's such a heavy
0: favorite. He's minus 450 right now at Bet MGM. So – yeah, you can basically hand him the award, though. I know that it's yeah. taboo to say that he shouldn't win it, but so I'll whisper it. He shouldn't win it. I mean, there have been guys, honestly, what else could Joe Flacco? Joe Flacco's 67 years old. He was literally on his mom's couch a couple of weeks ago, and now he might be the reason why the Cleveland Browns get as much as the one seed or start winning playoff games,
3: and we're going to give it to Hamlin for last year's story. I, do I sound like a jerk here? I mean, you he died. You die on the field and you come back to play. I There's no bigger comeback than that. Okay,
0: fair enough. When you put it like that. You know what I, what I mean? Joe Flacco like was alive thanks, and healthy. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> thanks for having my back there. I appreciate that. But there he goes and just runs me over again. All right, rookie of the year. How about Puka? Four to one odds. CJ Stroud is the heavy favorite right now at minus 800, although Hasn't been able to help us cause the last couple of weeks. And in any other year, Puka would take this thing home. He's been phenomenal.
3: Yeah, I want to take it. I, again, C.J. Stroud, I'm not sure what his stance is this week, but if he comes back and plays at all, it's over with. Like C.J. Stroud, would have if he doesn't play the last two games of the season and Puka has two big games in the last two, then that's the possibility. But if C.J. comes back and puts up any numbers at any point this season, it's it's his to win.
0: Can you imagine being the Carolina Panthers right now, Sean, and thinking it's a good idea. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to trade up because we think we got our franchise quarterback in this draft, and and we're willing to trade next year what might be the number one overall pick, which looks like it's about to be to the Chicago Bears because we're so sure that this is our guy in Bryce Young. And it took, what, a half of one preseason game for us to see him play and a half of one preseason game to see C.J. Stroud and be like (laughs) – I don't know if they got that right. And then as soon as the regular season started, and now here we are, C.J. Stroud could take his team in the playoffs, and they're a problem. And he looks like you have to add him to one of those great young AFC quarterbacks, right? Mm -hmm. And then you got Bryce Young out there in Carolina. Like, you want to talk about getting it wrong in the offseason? They screwed it up with their coach. They screwed it up with their quarterback. They screwed it up with their – they couldn't have screwed it up anymore. It's unbelievable
3: i'll defend bryce young a little bit i i used to work in carolina and cover the charlotte uh all the charlotte teams and that franchise is awful it's again i covered that team when they had cam newton and it was a much better franchise at the time bryce young yes cj stroud is better not a lot of rookie quarterbacks would have came in and done anything with the Carolina Panthers. I mean, the coaching job stunk. The ownership stinks, stinks like the offense. The I mean, your best we- weapon is a really old. What is it? Adam Thielen. Like they're, they're not they're not good all the way around. The offensive line isn't good. So any young quarterback would have went into that situation and been bad. Yes, C.J. Stroud is better, but I don't think Bryce Young is as bad as people think. I just think the organization is that bad.
0: I don't think the Texans exactly have the San Francisco 49ers roster, my dude. I think that the reason that they've been good is because of C.J. Stroud. And, I mean, you want to talk about this. We can go a little deeper into it. That's why what we're talking about right now, the lack of offensive weapons, is exactly why Lamar Jackson should win the MVP. Everybody's talking about Patrick Mahomes and the reason that he's struggling because he doesn't have Tyreek Kill anymore, because he doesn't – Travis Kelsey's getting old because everybody's dropping the ball, lining up offsides, all these problems. You know who else has these same problems and has overcome them? Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's on running back number three. He's on tight end number two. Odell Beckham has not worked out. Let's not pretend like Odell Beckham's been worth $15 million. He hasn't been worth $15 bucks an hour plus tips. He's been very – average at best so lamar's doing this without any other dudes around so i get it it's not fair to compare lamar jackson to bryce young all i'm saying is at some point you have to say there's a lot of teams that don't have weapons right now look at cleveland look at cleveland on the offensive side of the ball dude cleveland's going out there with joe flacco no nick chubb and they might be the number one seed. So I don't want it's, to
3: hear. It's not even close. I'm trying to tell you. It's not just about the weapons. It's the badly run organization. It's, it's the ownership firing a head coach two years in a row before the season even ends. Like, it's, it's, it's an organization that's poorly run. It's bad coaching. It's inconsistent coordinators. It's the entire outfit that makes it bad. Like, you D'Amico Ryans, again, a defensive coordinator guy who, who came over, is a tremendous head coach. They put in some tre- tremendously sound things around CJ Stroud. He, he doesn't have all those type of game breakers, but he has a sound organization that knows the direction that they want to go. The Carolina Panthers, again, they've had, I, I forget what the number is, so forgive me, but like three different head coaches in like three years. Like, it's, they don't know what they're doing. It's just a terrible situation. That, that that's doesn't lead for anybody to have real success.
0: My man's went stink, stink, stunk. That's Sean Bell. I'm the sports machine, Sean Levine. We're halfway home here on a Tuesday on BetQL Daily. We appreciate you checking us out, talking a little football, and making some money along the way. All right, offensive player of the year. Bet it or forget it. Tyreek Hill, his odds right now are four to one.
3: Oh. Um,
0: no surprise Christian McCaffrey the favorite to take this home award too considering that he might win the actual MVP okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old
2: whatever or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road with available H-track all wheel drive and three row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai,
1: there's joy in every journey. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
3: I want it. Hey, I just don't. I don't see a situation where Christian McCaffrey falls off, right? Like they, they have Tyreek Hill has to deal with the best defense in the league in Baltimore Ravens next week. So it's it's a potential that he explodes and puts himself on the map. But at the end of the season, Christian McCaffrey is going to have more total yards and more touchdowns than Tyreek Hill. And I, and I don't see any other path where that doesn't happen. So it could be special because you. the 49ers Let me try have an you. easier schedule at the end. Okay. I think I think I got a path for you. Let me try it. Maybe this will work. Let's try okay.
0: What if – so he's at like 1,650 yards right now. So he would need to average 175-plus mm-hmm. yards the next two games. He's playing against good defense. It's probably not going to happen. But it's sports radio, so let's have the conversation. What if Tyreek Kill mm-hmm. gets to
3: 2,000 receiving? Then is he the offensive player of the year? To me, no. Damn. And I and I, and I I say that because, yes, he's breaking a record, but Christian McCaffrey would still have more total yards. So I guess I'm going to take it back. I, I think records means a lot for voters, so they would give it to Tyreek Hill if he broke a record because they would say it was historic. But I don't think it would be right. I think that whoever has the most total yards and the most touchdowns should win. And I think Christian McCaffrey will. So Tyree can get 2,000 yards, but he'll still be under Christian McCaffrey with total yards. It's
0: going to be tough for the guy that, not that it matters. I don't think they care about those awards too much. Both those guys trying to win a Super Bowl. But if you rush for however many yards Christian McCaffrey is going to end up with and that many touchdowns and don't get it, if you're Tyree Hill and you have 2,000 receiving yards and they say somebody else mm-hmm. had a better offensive year, it sucks. But it's kind of like uh, Jokic coming in second to Embiid winning the MVP last year like we 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 know we know how great you are you just don't have that award on your mantle speaking of awards defensive player of the year can I talk you into T.J. Watt at four to one right now the co-favorites are no surprise Micah Parsons and
3: Miles Garrett both at even money no I there's a lot of no's for me today like they got to make the playoffs I mean, that, that's the thing. Like, it would be T.J. Watt if they make the playoffs, but I don't know if the Pittsburgh Steelers going to make the playoffs at this point. I know they're eight and seven, and they finally won a game after a losing streak. But how how do you how do you pick if the Cleveland Browns go twelve and five, which they possibly can? They're going to have a better record than the Pittsburgh Steelers. How do you take T.J. Watt over Miles Garrett at, at that point?
0: That's the problem. You could talk me into taking him over Miles Garrett because there's or over Michael Parsons, and Michael Parsons is awesome. But there's some other dudes on that side of the ball for Dallas. Cleveland is definitely winning by and large because of their defense, and their defense is great because of Miles Garrett. So I'm with you. He's already got a couple of those awards. I think it would be his third, if not fourth, Defensive Player of the Year award. So I'm with you, Miles Garrett. Even money, maybe throw that in a player prop parlay sounds like a good bet to me. We talked about this for a second earlier, Sean. Coach of the year, I think we agreed on this one. Kevin Stefanski, you can still get him at like 4 to 1. I think I saw earlier today at BetMGM, maybe it's down to 3 to 1. Dan Campbell is still the favorite. How could it not be Stefanski? We talk about Cleveland This dude started the year with Deshaun Watson, had to answer a bunch of off-field questions. They started off the season right around 500 the first month. I wasn't a believer. I was selling them right down the river. Then they went with this other quarterback. Then they went with this other quarterback. Then they went with Joe Flacco. And like you said, they could win 12 games. Have I told you enough? That's the coach of the year.
3: Yeah, I don't understand why he's not the favorite. Is is that still the case right now? He's not the favorite?
0: He's not the favorite. It's still Dan Campbell right
3: now. The Cleveland Browns are going to go twelve and five.
0: you can get the Cleveland Browns
3: as we speak at two to one to be coach of the year. That's a great bet. Yeah, it's to me, it's it's and it's an easy bet, right? Like their last two games are the Jet the Jets. They play uh, in a couple days on Thursday. Then they play the Bengals. They're going to win both of those games. So twelve and five with four different quarterbacks. That that is the coach of the year. That's the easiest bet we talked about in this entire show. A million percent, I could totally agree.
0: I think we saw we found a flaw in the matrix, dude. Kevin Stefanski, you can get him right now at BetMGM at two to one. They're going to win their last two games. Cleveland's going to win twelve games with the third string quarterback and without Nick Chubb.
3: What? Rush and, and mind you, the, 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 the Detroit Lions had, Detroit Lions got to play the cow at Dallas, and then play Minnesota. Right, and Minnesota is going to maybe battling for a playoff spot in that last game of the season. So again, twelve and five. If both teams end up with the same record, it's definitely the Cleveland Browns. But even if Detroit is a game up, it should still be Kevin Stefanski, right? They've been much healthier. Yeah.
0: Detroit. One of them's had their starting mm-hmm. quarterback and running back and defense the entire year. The other team has been piecemeal and somehow has a chance to win 12 and they're cleveland well i guess they're also and, detroit so that doesn't make a good point
3: but but in detroit's it, detroit has an easy schedule too like they didn't play a tough schedule the the, the Dude, cleveland browns on is one of the year. toughest schedules in the league let's get paid more making
0: money on the other side it's the bet network
1: This is BetQL daily presented by Ben MGM from BetQL.
0: Bro, I got a couple of inches of ice outside on my car and I don't have a scraper. I got a frying pan and I've got a Gatorade bottle. So we'll see how that works. I could, uh, I could be stuck here for a while. I'm the sports machine. Sean, the band, I got my guy, Sean Bell and you for the next hour and change here. On the BetQL Network, what are you shaking your head at? You a Boy Scout or something? You always prepared?
3: I, I feel like being in Kansas City that you should—that's just something you should have. You right. should be prepared for that. But I like—I'm in Philadelphia, so I'm used to snow. I'm used to all those things, so I just have it. Like you should have it if you live in certain areas.
0: Well, honestly, I've used the frying pan before as a scraper, and it's worked fine. This is a little bit thicker ice. I don't think this is going to work. So I might, uh, like I said. I might be here for a while. Anyway, I'll be talking to you here on the BetQL Network for the next hour and change, and then I'll figure it out. Let's talk a little bit of NBA basketball, where full Christmas slate yesterday. Honestly, yesterday was one of the best sports days on the entire calendar. It was one of the best days on the calendar, period. It's Christmas. You wake up. You see what Santa Claus brought you. Drink some hot chocolate with the family. Watch Home Alone. And then watch basketball and or football flip in between. Goodness gracious, we had action all but less- night long
3: let's be honest like i i hate i hate that the nfl has done this like cats weren't really paying attention to the nba like let's be honest here like it was a, a, maybe a flip back and forth once or twice but the majority of people even if you had bets you were probably looking at your bets on an app instead of watching the games like the nba on christmas was one of my favorite things and i am an nba person probably first yet i mostly just watch football so it's come on NFL let the NBA have its day dog like I was I, I was disappointed I think, I think it was a scheduling I think it was a
0: day of the week issue where if it would have been Christmas falling in the middle of the week basically any day except for Sunday or Monday the NFL would have let the NBA had their day had their Christmas and I'm with you that's everybody gets their holiday right the NFL gets Thanksgiving. The bowl games get New Year's, and Christmas goes to the NBA. It does feel like the NFL stole their thunder. I'm with you. Like, I was sitting around watching the NFL most of the time yesterday because everybody does that, and my Chiefs were playing. And there was a lot of good games. I mean, they hooked us up. Philly was on. uh, that, That night game was, at least on paper, the game of the year, Baltimore versus San Francisco. At that point, who's watching the Dallas Mavericks versus the Phoenix Suns? Let's just call it what it is. NBA got screwed by the NFL again. They screwed them. They
3: could have done them a solid yeah. and they screwed them. Yeah, because they they could have just had their Monday nighter. If you're talking just about scheduled game. games, all right, we're just, just going to have one game. Monday night game like one usual. Game. But they said we're going to give you an entire slate. So I again, I I was a little disappointed. I I was wasn't locked in on the NBA. And that's my own fault. I could have, but, you know, NFL Me is too. Cool.
0: I love the Chris that's that's been part of my Christmas routine now since ever they started it eight or nine years ago. Like, go over to the niece and nephews, watch them open presents, and then legitimately park my ass on the couch and watch NBA and make bets all day long. But I was uh, I was torn between the NFL and the NBA, which is a first-world problem, by the way. Sean Bell, sports <laughs> machine. Sean, we're complaining there was too many good sports on yesterday. Let's talk about some basketball in case people like you weren't watching. Knicks 129, Bucks 122. The Knicks are one of those teams. I was looking at their odds at Bet MGM. I'm like, does anybody actually believe that the Knicks can make any noise? I mean, if they can beat the Bucs, then they can beat anybody. Well, the answer is no. At least Bet MGM. 50 to 1 for the Knicks to win the championship. Dude, they got Jalen Brunson, and Jalen Brunson is still somehow underrated. He's a
3: top 10 player in the league. Uh, so what? I don't even, I wouldn't even put him top 10. I'm with Becky Hammond. She got a lot of flack for saying, hey, small guards can't win championships. And if you're a small guard who has a potential to win a championship, you got to be one of the 10 to 15 greatest to ever do it, right? What small guards win championships? It's Steph Curry, it's Isaiah Thompson, and that's it. And Jalen Brunson ain't on their level. So he can't be the 1A guy on a championship team. It just is what it is. You get mad at Becky if you want, but that's what history tells us. Jalen Brunson isn't going to be a top 20 player of all time, so he doesn't have a shot at being the best player on a championship winning team. And the Knicks, to me, are going to be a perennial first round knockout, maybe second round. That's just who they are. And they have no shot at being a top three seed. That's Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and the Boston Celtics.
0: As you were talking, I was going through my head. I'm like, is he right? Has there not really been a guard-led team? Except? And I was like, oh, Iverson? Damn it, stock thinking. You're right. Like actually winning a championship, undersized guards. History does tell us that it's very difficult. However, it does feel like this Knicks team, at least, better than they've been in the past, which isn't saying a whole lot. Um, Nuggets. Speaking of championship caliber teams, they won yesterday over Golden State, one fourteen. How surprised would you be if Golden State, this Golden State, if Steph Curry ever wins another ring?
3: Hey. I'd I'd be surprised because they're unwilling to do what they need to do to win a championship, and that's let go of the old times, let go of Draymond, let go of Klay Thompson being a a go to scorer. Like Steph Curry is still Steph Curry, he's still MVP level, and quite as cat. Their bench is one of the best benches in the entire league. When their bench gets in the game, they play great. But when if you want to talk about the starting lineup, it ain't good enough. Andrew Wiggins ain't good enough. Draymond Green, they shouldn't have gave a contract extension to. Klay Thompson shouldn't be your second best scorer on the team. So if they decide to go away from those guys, say, I'm going to trade Draymond or, or not sign Klay and go sign somebody else, then they can still win a championship with Steph Curry being there. But if they're going to stick to the old regime and say, I'm going to stay loyal. And again, I I love when teams stay loyal. But in this case, being loyal isn't good for for their potential to win another championship.
0: And you could have found a sucker. You could have found somebody, even if it was a sign-in trade, and you said, all right, we're going to put Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and throw in another asset like Jonathan Kaminga. We want back some sort of a superstar that has a couple of years left on his contract. That would have worked. Like somebody would have bit and thought that those guys had something left. But instead, like you said, they decided to stick with Clay, re-sign Draymond for the long term, Andrew Wiggins, and I'm a KU guy, Andrew Wiggins is the worst all star starter in the history of any sport. The fact that that happened a couple of years ago is crazy. He's just another guy chucking up shots. So I don't think Golden State ever wins another one. I think they are getting old right in front of our eyes. They should have just yeah. had a team meeting at the beginning of the year, off season, said, Steph, you're staying. Everybody else, you better look for a new job because you're getting out of here. Just completely built that thing, rebuilt that thing and, and-
3: around. And Andrew Riggins was phenomenal in that playoff run. But again, ever since whatever happened last year where he had to take that hiatus, he hasn't returned to being a good player. And the biggest problem to me is their vets aren't doing what the San Antonio vets did. Remember Tim Duncan, Manu, Tony? When they got older... They took a lesser role, and they were okay with it. Tim Duncan was like, I don't have to be the best player on the team on a, that last championship. I can be a rebound guy, block shot guy, and you can give it to me sometimes in the clutch. Manu Ginobili said, I can go to the bench, get points off the bench, and take a lesser role. Clay and Draymond haven't done that. They haven't said, all right, I'm a lesser player. I'm going to take a lesser role and let other guys step up, like Jordan Poole uh, right, and, and James Wiseman. Instead, they said, no, I'm staying in the starting lineup, and that has really hurt them.
0: I think that every time I see Clay Thompson take a bad three, I'm like, that used to be cool, but you don't make those anymore. So don't shoot those anymore. I'm done betting on that team. That is a frustrating team to put your money on. Sean Bell, sports machine, Sean Levine here on the BetQL Network. Boston, the, the Celtic best record in the NBA. They win again yesterday on Christmas, 126-115 over the Lakers. We know that Boston is championship good. Are the Lakers, they won whatever that in-season tournament
3: thing was. No, no, I, they're, they're they're going to get old and hurt again. Like that's just who they are when you have to count on LeBron to do so much. And it's crazy that what he's able to do in year 21, but when you have to count on him, by the time he gets to the playoffs, he'll be able to still have great games, but he won't consistently be able to have a great game game one all the way through game seven, or he's going to get hurt. Like he did last year, Anthony Davis continues to get hurt right from different time spans. he has to be the number one player. And oftentimes he ain't the number one player due to injury or due to lack of motor. So I don't see this team because they don't have anything behind that. D'Angelo Russell is supposed to be that third guy. Hasn't been that third guy. They don't have anybody else to really uh, take up that slack. Austin Reese has played great, but he's just an off the bench, great scorer, nothing else. So I don't think that team has enough. What about you? Year 21 for LeBron James. Like just coming out of your mouth, that sounds
0: crazy. And he's been very healthy the entire way. I mean, if I did 21 years of radio, I would get injured more often than he has. So <laughs> for the most part, he's been healthy. Anthony Davis, you can't say the same. That's the whole trick with them. If they're healthy, they're great. If they're not, they're not. And they're old. How about the Miami Heat? 119 over the 76ers, 113 yesterday. That was a bit of a conundrum because no Jimmy Butler for Miami on the Sixers side. No Joel Embiid. Embiid, though, still the favorite to be the MVP. I know you're a Philly guy. I agree. I think he's played better than anybody else in the league so far this year.
3: He's playing out of his mind. Out of his, I mean, fit, he, has, he has 50 a few times this season already. And, and not just against uh, the bums of the world, the wizards of the world. He's had them against the good teams of the world. He, again, all his numbers are up from last year. So health is the only thing that stops him. If he stays healthy, he's going to not only win the MVP, but finally do some damage in the playoffs. Like, he's always hurt in the playoffs. So if he can get through a long season, he's going to be a terror.
0: Doesn't he just need to look at Nikola Jokic and say, look, that guy had won a bunch of games, that guy won a bunch of awards, and now that guy won a championship. I need to be that guy. I need to be that guy, the best player on one of the best teams, because Embiid right now, he's getting the respect, he's getting the awards, but he's also getting the – he hasn't won the championship. Can they actually win the title?
3: Mm-hmm. It's it's about health. I mean, every year, I mean, for the last five years, he comes in with an issue. Right? Like his body, you know, he missed the first entire his his when he started his career, he missed his first two seasons due to injury. Like he's in one of those bigs like Yao Ming, where it's just like you don't necessarily have a long shelf shelf life. So if he's comes into the Play full season, 90% healthy. They got a real shot.
0: Don't remind me, he didn't even play in the NCAA tournament for the Jayhawks, and they counted on, guess who, Andrew Wiggins. How'd that work out? Not well. One more hour coming up. It's the BetQL Network.